Hello and welcome to the London Coronavirus Podcast, the original and only independent pod of its kind, dedicated to bringing you a daily dose of positivity in these dreary times. Yes, there are plenty of other coronavirus podcasts out there, but if you want to hide out from the hype and a den away from the drama, look no further. The London Coronavirus Podcast has got your back. Alongside me for pod number 14, ladies and gentlemen, is Mr. James Ware. James, we covered drinks, dating and dads over the past three days, so the natural step this evening was obviously dogs. And my goodness, we comprehensively covered the wants and needs of our canine friends today on the London Coronavirus podcast. Yeah, it feels like we're somehow working through the quarantine alphabet, aren't we, Dave, without (laughs) even intending to? And I have to say, there have been moments during this lockdown already where, as anyone who knows me is all too acutely aware, I'm quite energetic. So there have definitely been moments where on my one walk slash run a day diet, I have felt very much like a dog that's been locked up too long indoors. So I, I felt like I was getting my head into the subject matter today. And I also was fiddling around with one of those Snapchat filters before the show. You know, very basic one where it's like a dog and you open your mouth and it sticks out your doggy tongue. And I'm slightly worried that the wind blew and I've stuck in that. But we'll see how that plays out over the show. At least it makes it kind of accurate journalistic reporting anyway. You know what, James? I think I showed my age earlier and I'm slightly older than you. I'm 33, you're 28. That's right, yeah? yeah? When I said... uh, when you showed me that image of you with the dog filter and your your face is a dog, and I said, how'd you do that, James? And I felt quite, uh, I felt a little bit old then. But anyway, James Ware was on fire. We talked about dogs. Enjoy the pod. to start today by just talking about probably the hot topic of the coronavirus age and that is working from home or essentially working with an internet connection. Now just for context we both have worked from our laptops abroad a lot and we focused a lot of our attention actually over the last few years on making that a reality right but I wonder whether with the enthusiasm of a new puppy the world has just gone a little bit too far with this and I admire the creativity of coaches and teachers around the world I really really do but There are some things that surely can't be taught or experienced online. I'm sure a lot of people have used House Party, which for me is a very, very kind of weak imitation of reality. I said the other day about boxing classes where my trainer had his hands up to the camera and I was kind of shadow boxing. But because of the delay in the video, we were kind of punching each other in the face almost digitally. It was really bizarre. So I thought, well, we have to draw a line somewhere. However... I'm going to have to tip my cap to our expert today who has the capacity to coach our canine friends over Skype. And I wonder, James, whether really there is no limit to internet inspiration and face-to-face human interaction was just an unnecessary obstacle that we finally, albeit inadvertently, overcome. Yeah, Wi-Fi to the rescue, even for our doggy friends, it turns out. When I was fishing around earlier for our expert on dogs for today's coronavirus canine special, the dog takeover. (laughs) I had a lovely response from Ollie, trainer to the stars, whose top tips Mm. are going to be coming up shortly. And he was like, guys, I'd love to help out. It's really important right now. 
I've just got a couple of online sessions with clients first. And these were canine clients. And to start with, I really had to double take. But then you know what? Especially once I'd listened to what he had to say, I liked the fact that with the internet stuff, it's all about getting stuff done and using this time as best as you can, right? Like the the at-home workout. Sure, it's not the same as an actual workout, but it's like the best you can do that not presenting mm. itself and you know what i really liked that he was saying that now's an amazing opportunity for people to train their dogs they're at home they have this time with them they're developing a whole different dimension of relationship with them and so i like that that's being catered for by the internet too but like this is an opportunity if we can embrace it to do so many things that we haven't been able to do, including training your dog, it turns out. But those top tips from Ollie and another dog trainer coming up later on in today's show for anyone who's struggling with that. I know that a friend of mine's family have said that they're spending their lockdown mainly failing to train their puppy. So I know that there are people out there who really need this, who need this special, as well as the dog lovers too. I have to say, Dave, that we were saying we were going to try and, you know, get a bit immersive, get into the head of the dog ready to do our weekday woofing today. And I have inadvertently found myself in the dog house because I managed to break our kettle I boiled the kettle without any water in it, which it turns out isn't a terribly good idea. Boiling water, as much as it sounds like something Heston Blumenthal might do for a course between courses, (laughs) is actually not something I'd recommend from my quarantine kitchen experimentation. And so the kettle's gone. And it's a real reflection of quite how impractical these times are. Because normally, it's a really top-of-the-range kettle. It's like the Bugatti of kettles, this thing, right? (laughs) So normally, I think it wouldn't just be like a replace job. You'd try and get fixed. But kettle Mm. fixers, I know there's doubt around what essential entails right now, but kettle fixers are definitely not essential workers. I couldn't condone that. So, So that's not happening. And then even if I did splash out on a brand new kettle, treat myself, that's going to take a long time to deliver because you can't get deliveries of that kind of thing anytime soon. Non-essential item, really. So we've gone back to whenever we want a hot drink, and I'd said those have been what have been the staple of my daily routine, running through the different hot drinks in the cupboard. Whenever we want a hot drink, we now just heat up water on the pan, which is feeling like wonderfully 1950s, (laughs) evacuee rather than 2020 (laughs) quarantine i feel a bit like my younger self's famous five dreams are coming true except famous five sounds like too many people to be in the same building and there are only two of us so it's more like the dynamic duo than the famous five or secret seven but yeah you know what i'm kind of enjoying it it's the sort of thing that i would have zero patience for in the normal world but in this world it really, it tastes better, actually, when you've seen that water boil for the tea. You know, it's, it's soft-boiled rather than hard-boiled. 
But yeah, I, I wouldn't say it's my most popular move of lockdown so far. So <laughs> I really feel that I'm in the right headspace to understand where our dog guests are coming from on today's show. In today's show, we are going to lead with coronavirus confession. This is, of course, the section of the show where you come into the confession booth and offload your sins. And today, because it is a canine special, we have a dog-themed confession. Now, James, because I'm a top pro, actually, today I googled what a confession booth actually Ooh. is, right? And according, <laughs> according to Wikipedia, it is a wooden structure with a central compartment entered through a door or curtain. But ours is fully digital. And all you need to be able to do is operate a WhatsApp voice note for Windsor and where to listen to your sins. Fake names are not just accepted, they are in fact encouraged because, well, we can't protect your safety, but we can protect your identity. And entering our metaphorical booth today is Katie from Wales with her coronavirus confession. Hi, my name is Katie and I'm from West Wales and this is my coronavirus confession. So my cocker spaniel puppy Bonnie is loving lockdown, but she doesn't quite understand the concept of social distancing. So we got a delivery a few days ago and she ran out to greet the delivery driver, as she does. Um, I, however, was trying to keep to the safe social distancing rules by keeping two metres away from him while also trying to control Bonnie. Um, she managed to jump into his delivery van, stomped all over his parcels, grabbed a random parcel and ran around the garden wanting to play fetch with it. Uh, I managed to get the parcel off her and due to it being quite a small parcel, I thought it would be a good idea to sort of throw it back to the delivery driver just to avoid getting too close. But he was too slow, Bonnie was too quick and when the parcel was midair, she jumped up and grabbed it again thinking it was a game of fetch. Finally, we got it back. So if you've had a torn parcel with teeth marks in it delivered, I am so sorry. It was my dog, Bonnie. Wasn't that a beautifully packaged coronavirus <laughs> confession? It was cinematic. I could picture the dog in mid-air, James, just sinking its teeth gleefully into this package. That was wonderful, Katie. Thank you very much. Yeah, that was the coronavirus confession equivalent of the dog ate my homework brought up to the <laughs> modern age. I really appreciate it. I also really felt like I was there in a very socially distant sense. And we've said how much... <laughs> delivery drivers are up there at the top of the unsung heroes league table mm. at the moment and prefer that they're not having it all easy for their efforts to be the coronavirus quarantine santa claus is it it's not all easy work <laughs> but for the untrained dogs out there this has got to be a tricky time i know they're appreciating having their owners at home and everything but it's a bit of a grey area, isn't it? What dogs can get away with right now. I know there's been government guidance on this in the mm. last few days. Straight out of the Downing Street kennels, it has been announced that dogs from self-isolating homes should be kept on their leads when they're out and about walking. So there is like some guidance coming through about how dogs should behave. But the point where we're having to socially distant dogs, I mean, 
to be able to have dog social distancing, that's only really going to work with dogs which are starring at Crofts, isn't it? Or maybe like <laughs> alongside those ones, the ones that win Britain's Got Talent. But that is a pretty minuscule percentile of Britain's pooch population. So I can't really see that working anytime soon. But other than maybe struggling to get up to speed with the rules... Dogs are offering an amazing outlet during these tough times, not just for their owners, and also let's not forget the care dogs who are looking after people as normal out there. No rest for those yep. guys right now. But also because it's been announced by the charity Medical Detection Dogs that they are training up specialist sniffer dogs to see if they can detect coronavirus. And these trials are already ongoing with Durham University and the London School of Hygiene and Tropical Medicine. And they've already been successful with training dogs to spot the scent of malaria, cancer, and even Parkinson's disease. So the charity boss, Dr. Claire Guest, I mean, we've got to have her on the show. With a surname like that, she's asking for it. <laughs> but she said... In principle, we're sure that dogs could detect COVID-19. So dogs could be an amazing resource, not just in keeping our spirits up through these tough times, but in actually helping us move forward with understanding who has this virus and who doesn't. But hearing that, I, I was amazed by the ability of dogs. I know they've got this incredible nose on them, but that kind of blew mm. my mind. And then I couldn't help but think getting into my dog mindset today, Dave. I wonder what coronavirus smells like. Like we've heard about <laughs> it so much. I think I've thought about this thing in such a plethora <laughs> of different ways. But if, if it like some kind of like perfume copywriter, I had to put some nasal notes onto coronavirus. I, I don't oh, know why I go great... for it. I, I think right now, thinking out loud off the top of my head, top of my nose, I think I'd say that it smells to me like quite like musty, like a room that you've been in a little too long, not enough fresh air, and, and maybe like a, a little like sniff of doom. I don't know if that, that's something <laughs> that, that but... sniffer dogs are trained to detect. Yeah, I can see that, Jace. For me, I put some milk on the hob this morning, right, to go with the coffee. And I forgot about it. I was doing some other things, probably thinking about dogs too much. And it suddenly, the milk started to boil, yeah? And you know when milk boils and it kind of bubbles and has that weird, bizarre smell? And that, that for me, is what coronavirus will smell like, I think. That, that's how I see it. But I can see the kind of ominous nature of, of your scent that you're suggesting. So, yeah, I mean, <laughs> I'm sure at some point... In this coronavirus world, we'll get a definitive answer to that. And, and perhaps dogs will have that answer. It's been a day of particularly strange thoughts here behind the scenes, even by London coronavirus podcast standards, or even by the standards <laughs> for all of us experiencing this lockdown. I think our brains have taken us on some magical trips that make it feel like we've spent a lot more time covering ground than we were actually allowed to. I'm sure I'm not the only person who's been experiencing that recently. And some of the weirder thoughts for me today have been prompted by my hunt 
for a celebrity dog trainer expert. <laughs> now, having never owned a dog, I wasn't very familiar with the celebrity dog trainer walls. But the moment that I started fishing, I was completely captivated by it. I mean, you go out there and today I've encountered celebrity dog trainers who their biggest claim to fame is that they've once trained Derren Brown's dog. Like it's a random celebrity generator out there to one who trained one of the Little Mix singer's dogs and one who... When I was trying to contact, her address came up as Beverly Hills. So it turns out the sky really <laughs> is the limit in the dog training game. If you are gifted with this unbelievable God-given ability to say sit in a way that speaks the language of all <laughs> dog breeds, then you're going to be up there with the rap stars. But we were lucky enough to secure the guidance of a local legend here in the UK on the scene. It's Ollie Just, the star of Channel 4's puppy show. He has also, incidentally, trained many celebrity dogs, including Mary Portas's dog, Wilco. Cracking dog name, that. And here are his top tips for those of you with dogs in this tricky time. <laughs> I think it's fair to say that uh, in the current situation, many dogs are delighted to have their humans at home 24-7. However, I think we, we must start thinking about what's going to happen when, when life goes back to normal and we start going to work again. Some dogs, even though perhaps they did not demonstrate separation anxiety or other separation issues um, in the past, might well start demonstrating these behaviours. Uh, now or at least when you go back to work. So I think it is um, a good idea to um, actually create some social distancing with your dogs throughout the day. So perhaps leaving them uh, in a different room for a while, uh, perhaps with a toy uh, or just letting them snooze somewhere else. Um, so to actually actively create a little bit of distance. Um, and uh, and if your dog already had separation issues um, before we started to stay at home, uh, before the lockdown, I think it will be a really good idea to now um, contact a behaviorist. Many of us are actually still working and trying to help people remotely with video calls. I certainly do. Uh, and I'm helping people at the moment, helping their dog with separation issues. It's a perfect timing to do it because you're at home, you have time uh, and work can be done to, uh, to help your dogs. So if the behavior was already there, definitely look into um, doing a few bits and bobs to, to, to move forward in preparation for your return to normal life. And even though your dog was not demonstrating separation issues in the past, I think it's a good idea to create distance now. Um, so you can make sure it doesn't happen. Um, yeah, I hope this helps guys. Well, James, before I reflect back on that from Ollie, and I thought that was absolutely superb, by the way, brought up issues that I hadn't even thought about. I just wanted just to, to give the listeners a little peek into behind the scenes of the Love the Coronavirus podcast. And obviously you are head of expert recruitment 
and you do quite some job as well, James. Right. I mean, for the first time today, I went into our Instagram account and went into the DMs and saw that you'd contacted David Beckham on day <laughs> two of the pod, which I felt was just such a high bar. It's fantastic. But no, I mean, listen, you keep getting great experts, James, and none better than Ollie, because I thought that was fantastic. You know, just very practically assessing the situation and the social distancing for dogs. That is new. But clearly, that is essential. Yeah, and we've thought a lot, haven't we? One of the big issues that everyone's acutely aware of with this whole situation is how the longer it goes on, the profound effect it's going to start having on all of our mental health. And in Mm. all seriousness, I think that he touched on something really important, that as much as for dogs, this is the absolute dream suddenly having everyone at home around 24-7, out the other side, that's going to be so jarring for them because they can't understand why this is happening, although it's a one-off. And so being proactive about trying to manage that for the long-term well-being of your dog Seems like such advice. Look, I can see why Ollie is on top of his game right here in the UK and, and is such a well-recognised name in the industry. Yeah, and I think obviously this is a fabulous time for dogs because their owners are around and they're getting ridiculously extended walks, presumably in the countryside, and people are really making the effort to make their dog happy. But at the same time, James, a couple of the real dog staples like licking and being close to people and other dogs, that might get eradicated or at least diminished. So I think at the moment dogs are living the dream. But as you say, down the other side of this, when things get better for humans, things might get slightly worse for dogs, right? Yeah, I feel like the way that dogs like to interact is very much more of a kind of (laughs) pre-coronavirus school of showing affection. And luckily it it seems that the dogs can't really pass this disease on to humans right like that that seems the key thing I don't want anyone to get any wrong ideas from that but you're right it's going to be a tricky one for them to navigate that and I feel for dogs as well because I think that when there's limited room on the paths and pavements as people go out for their Mm. runs and daily walks it is creating a little bit I remember there being that cult movie when I was a lot younger, which I love, which was Cats v Dogs. And it was like you were either yeah. on the side of the cats or the dogs. I mean, look, everyone's got time to watch that if they haven't heard of it now. So if you <laughs> haven't heard of it, then add that to your to-watch list. But I was very much on the dog side. I'm not just saying that because it's a dog special. But it feels like the coronavirus era equivalent of that is kind of dogs v joggers. Like, those are the two major (laughs) camps out there in the park. And they're really vying for ever more valuable path space. So I'm hoping that that can be a relationship that can be mended on the other side too. That there can be maybe some olive branches handed between dogs and joggers when we come out this other side. Because I think it's a beautiful combination that on a park path, a dog walking, a jogger jogging, the stuff that outside dreams are made of. Next up on the London Coronavirus Podcast, we have our global update, the section of the pod where we drop in on a far corner of the globe to get a little insight. We are very London-centric and UK-centric on this pod, so it's always fabulous to look outside and just see how other 
corners of the globe are really experiencing and trying to survive and thrive in the heart of this pandemic. And today, we have a fabulous and dog-themed, of course, update from Buenos Aires, Argentina, where I spent uh, a big chunk of the last year working. And we have the lovely Catalina explaining what's going on in Argentina at the moment, and perhaps more importantly, what's going on for the dogs. Hi guys, I'm Catalina from Buenos Aires. Uh, well, the government here instated the complete lockdown 10 days ago, which means nobody's allowed to go out, not even to walk your dog. So this has become an ongoing issue for the people in Buenos Aires. The rule is you're allowed to go to the sidewalk with your dog, but not walk. And you have to have your ID with your address on it. If not, you get fined. Uh, my friend actually has a really big golden retriever in her really, really small, Buenos Aires apartment and try to walk a few blocks past her address and was stopped and you get fined for breaking the quarantine. So that's not good. Um, so yeah, dogs has become the second victims of coronavirus in Buenos Aires. And the complete lockdown is still April 14th. So hopefully by then we can go back to the sites of Buenos Aires full of dog walkers that I know they you love and dearly miss. Well, two points there, James. First of all, that is how you say Buenos Aires. You'll hear people from around the globe and Brits calling it Buenos Aires, and it's not. It's Buenos Aires, beautifully, beautifully presented there in first hand. But also, I have never seen a city in the world that loves dogs as much as Buenos Aires and Argentina. I know New York City has a big dog walking culture. I'm sure, James, you're well traveled. You can think mm. of cities off the top of your head where people really love dogs and you get kind of people walking 10 dogs around at a time. Sure. But Argentina is just a, it is a different level. So the idea that now you're not allowed to walk your dog, you can only take it down to the sidewalk, uh, is is absolutely unbelievable. I mean, that is, that is real total lockdown. And you've got to, yeah, it was... Uh, You've got to really wonder about the well-being of these dogs. I mean, how long could they survive not being walked? Seems crazy, no? Yeah, it's distressing that, isn't it? And document checks. Surprised they're not asking for the pet passports too with the severity mm. of that situation. But yeah, I, that isn't sustainable, surely, for that long. And I, I would have thought that if it would get close around the UK, you'd be hearing quite a lot of noise from the RSPCA. And it's genuinely yeah. quite disheartening, that, isn't it? Because I think as hard as the past few weeks and this upcoming time is going to be for all of us humans, the fact that you were hearing these stories about this being the best thing that had ever happened to dogs, suddenly having their families around 24-7 genuinely was uplifting like it felt like mm. that balanced out <laughs> the scales of happiness a little bit but we're struggling someone was winning yeah. but the yeah. dogs are kind of they're on the up and i think just hearing about like dogs having a hard time of this situation too it is pretty bleak really i mean look if it's going to come i know that some countries around the world where the only way you're allowed to go outside other than like central trips is to walk your dog so they're not quite at argentina's level but you can't go out for a walk or run like you can here as we're recording this i'm starting to wonder surely in that scenario you start getting people impersonating dogs like i know full well that in this flat there's a blanket which is like 
a kind of slang kit, right, which is Dalmatian patterned kind of with a hood. Look, if that was my only chance to go outside for weeks, I would be sorely tempted to whack that on and a leash if it meant that I could go and get some fresh air around the block. And I'm sure that somebody around the world must have done exactly that, where there are the rules. (laughs) I'm getting a Cruella de Vil vibe from you, James, which we need to extinguish very quickly, my friend. No, this is this is entirely fake, fair, fair Dave. I, I've been <laughs> doing it. Maybe maybe it would be like sponsored lap of a block to help a dog's home or something to kind of balance out my own breaching of the rules. But I know that that's another way in which dogs are being negatively impacted by this. It, is lots of dogs' homes and shelters are really struggling to keep going in terms of staff and upkeep right now with Mm. the situation. So although there was this upshoot in figures of dog adoption at Battersea Dogs Home, they were like double the normal for this time of year because I think lots of people, as we were saying earlier on the pod, were like, wow, I I really need a dog to help me get through this. So lots of people were adopting then. But it's going to be harder and harder for those places to keep going just with the practical difficulties of running a business like that right now so that seems a way that the dog lovers out there could really look into trying to support dogs through this tough time too next up on the london coronavirus podcast we've got living the quarantine dream and that is the feature of the podcast where we see how individuals, how couples are enjoying the delights of isolation and lockdown. And of course, on this canine theme day, we've got a bit of a dog reference in this one. This is a very, very good friend of mine, Mike, who lives down by the seaside in Brighton. And this is his and his dog's quarantine dream. So this is a current dream for the dog. Lottie now, obviously Lottie being the dog, she gets all the attention that she's ever dreamed of, really. Both of us are in the house all the time now, so she just wanders around the house, just lapping it up, basically. She has a run of the house now. She can sunbathe at the back of the house in the morning, and then she moves to the front of the house in the afternoon just following the sun. She's just blissfully unaware of what's happening right now. So for her, it's perfect. For us, not so great, as our once a day activity exercise has now been given over to Lottie. So we have to walk her, but that's now obviously part of our exercise. So it won't be long before I'm gonna be that person with a running harness, running long with Lottie. So watch your space. London Coronavirus Podcast, well, <laughs> James, I think Mike actually touched on something really interesting there, which is dogs stealing human quotas of exercise, right? Like that's something definitely to watch out for in the weeks and months to come. And also the way I think in in this coronavirus time, it's really important to live in the now. But it is also important to just have that little look into the future to see where you're going to be. And Mike, you could almost seeing him 
you could see him envisaging himself with that dog harness, that running harness, running across, kind of running uh, parallel to the sea in Brighton with his dog. So he can see the future. But it sounded like Lottie was enjoying some sunshine in the morning, sunshine in the afternoon, and a nice long walk in the Yeah, evening. it sounds like most dogs right now who are lucky enough to have their owner's home are all living the quarantine dream. I, I think that could have come from any dog out there from what I'm hearing from the dog owners I know. And we spoke recently when this story was breaking, there was this brilliant news headline, I think one of the best that we've had so far on the podcast, about Rollo the dog, who was so excited that his owners were suddenly staying home, that he sprained his tail wagging it (laughs) and had to go to the vet because of that. I mean, that is, I want to reach that level of delight at some point in my (laughs) life. But I'm pleased to say that courtesy of Rolo's Instagram, where he's racked up nearly 10,000 followers, which is pretty good going. That that is a good lockdown work from home workload from Rolo. More than us. But Rolo was updating his newfound fans this weekend and said, for all those asking, my tail is pretty much back to normal. Yay! And apparently videos of Rolo's newly healed tail back in action would be available on his Instagram, Rolo the Hot Dog, for those of you who are into tail wagging as a piece of entertainment. The other best Instagram account that I've seen in response to this, which is really like taking Instagram dog content to a whole new level. I know every time we have an election, we have the dogs at polling stations coming through, but this one is extraordinary. It's an account called Dogs Working From Home. And on here, people are sending in photos of their dogs doing work from home. It also only started during this crisis, by the way, already up to 64,000 followers. So, wow. <laughs> some serious wow. work from home on the social media industry here. But these have every base covered, like every working from home situation I could possibly think of has been done, right? You've got the person working on their laptop in bed. That's there. You've got the dog having an early happy hour drink. That's there. Dogs attempting to be on the treadmill. We've got it work out from home. And kind of my favourite today, having spent a lot of my day doing online calls, the dog doing an online call with his headset on. And amazingly, a sticker of the dog's own face on the laptop. It's that kind of attention to detail that makes a novelty dog feed for me. So that's a good one for you if you need a bit of dog content to brighten up your own working from home. Well, today on this dog special, James, we've got a bit of a bonus, don't we? Because we've got another dog trainer on the London Coronavirus podcast. This is Trey, who actually owns his own dog shop in America, where they do lots of training and behaviour and so much more besides. And I'm just going to let Trey take it away here. What I like about this is he's got some really practical, actionable tips that you can implement today for better dog mental happiness. Hey there, I'm Trey Boone. I'm the owner of the Dog Stop in Lafayette, Louisiana. 
I've put together a few pieces of advice for dog owners that can be useful both here and the UK. Number one, it's important to stay calm. This is a very overwhelming time for all of us, including our pets. Remember that our pets can pick up on social cues and can lead them to become more anxious. Setting an example for them can be a great tool for us as well to remind ourselves that we will get through this. Next, building structure and routine. Dogs are very similar to humans as they love a good routine and structure. It's important to find a new daily routine that will help both keep your pet's mind stimulated and help you burn off some of that extra time. That could be something as simple as sitting on your patio in the mornings or evenings if you have one, going on walks while making sure to maintain social distancing a few times a day. This is great as it also helps us relieve some of that energy. If you can't get out, you can focus on what we call enrichment activities. Consider a puzzle toy or a treat dispenser for your home. If you don't have a puzzle toy, try using an empty cupcake baking tray. We call it a cupcake puzzle. What you'll need is an empty baking tray as well as a few tennis balls. Place treats or pieces of dog kibble into the empty trays as well as putting the tennis balls on top of those treats. Show your dog the tray and see how long it takes them to find the treats. Each time you, pay, each time you play, change the location of the treats this can help keep their mind stimulated if you do have to stay inside. If you don't have a baking tray, another thing to consider is what we in the industry call a flirt pole. Yes, that's what it's called. This can be described as a cat toy for dogs. You can make one at home using a broom. Tie a piece of fabric or string to the broom, then tie to that fabric or string one of their favorite toys. This is a great way to expend a lot of energy in a very small space. The next thing to remember is that we do not want to overfeed our pups during this time. While we may find ourselves snacking more than we would like to admit, remember that your pups should not be indulging in this new snacking. While they may beg, remember that each pound is equal to 5 pounds of human weights, or as you in the UK say, 0.5 kilograms is equal to 2.25 kilograms in human weight. This could lead to long-term health problems when we do get out of isolation. Finally, remember you and your pet are in this together. The great thing about animals is their unconditional love for us, both in good times and in bad. They are here for you during this time and you can use them as, as a sense of normalcy to build this together. I hope these tips help everyone that's listening and it's important to remember that we, we will get through this. Have a good one. London Coronavirus Podcast. Wow. I mean, talk about creative, practical advice, James. That was sensational. And once again, I don't want to keep doing this on the London Coronavirus Podcast, but we're often getting tips from experts for kind of children or animals that I listen to and I think I'd like to have a go at that. And a treat in amongst the tennis balls sounds kind of fun. No? Yeah, that makes two of us, Dave. I was genuinely thinking <laughs> like, wow, I need my own flirt ball and cupcake puzzle. <laughs> Finally, some entertainment. Yeah, so, some really good advice. Not just for the dogs out there, for the big dogs who were listening as well. And I also really appreciated his motto there. We will get through this. I think that's a good Mm. one. I know we all have 
are daily dips right now, right? It's a real up and down, a roller coaster on a constant basis, fit emotionally for everyone in their own ways. And I think just reminding ourselves of that, not just our pets of that, is really valuable. Yeah, and the fact that dogs and humans are calibrated, and that doesn't, I don't think that's too esoteric to say either. If you're in a bad mood, then your dog is going to feel that, right? And even though dogs do offer unconditional love, and I had dogs, um, we had dogs as a, as, uh, as a family when I was very young, and I still have incredible memories of their loyalty and affection. But if you come into the house, or, well, if you stay in the house, and, uh, and, and you're in a really bad mood, I, I think it's very, very reasonable that your dog's going to sense that, and it just brings the whole atmosphere down. So, listen, if you keep a smile on your face, then the dog's going to keep a wag in his tail. incentive to keep your moods up than knowing that by doing so you're keeping your dog's moods up another bonus of having a dog through this tricky time but dogs are coming to the rescue too in our coronavirus kindness today our canine coronavirus kindness the warm paws around you at the end of the show to make sure that you go off into the rest of your day feeling a little bit more positive about everything right now. And today's is, I mean, whether you're a dog lover or not, I, I dare you to not feel a little fluffy on the inside after you've heard this. Because a dog in Colorado, a golden retriever by the name of Sonny, has been helping its owner's neighbour get through self-isolation by delivering food supplies to her home. This is like the coronavirus lassie. Like, I'm going to need some very limited supply of Kleenex reading this because (laughs) the neighbour has underlying respiratory issues and so has obviously been advised to quarantine herself completely during the coronavirus outbreak as one of the most at-risk categories of people out there. So not only can't go food shopping, but obviously having a human deliver that food in whatever shape or form would carry with it some sort of risk too. Enter Sunny, who gets the food and delivers it to her every day. And it's helping not just from this practical perspective, but from a companionship one too, given that she's at home all alone. She said, it's been fun. It's been a real treat. So, Sonny, if you don't already have one of those superhero dog cape costumes, I think you'll do one at the end of this. Proof that not all heroes have only two upper limbs. So, James, we always end every episode of the London Coronavirus podcast with a quote. And I actually had a different quote in mind. But this podcast has been so fantastically canine centric that I feel like I was doing our audience a disservice if I stray off that path. So I've actually just quickly dug out uh, a few dog quotes and, and picked one that I think is uh, is really lovely. And if you've ever owned dogs, and I think there was a little, almost a sly coronavirus confession in there, James, when you said earlier that you'd never you'd never had a dog. Is that yeah, correct? That is true. That is very much on that, the bucket that's, list. 
<laughs> Absolutely. I mean, I had dogs, uh, as I said, growing up, and it really is such a joy. And uh, this is the quote from Phil Pastoret. If you think dogs can't count, try putting three dog biscuits in your pockets, then give them only two of them. <laughs>